Live. <laughs> hey, we are live here on the Gospel Two Wheels, where the coffee's hot, the bikes are fast, and at least Woody's comments are absolutely redonkulous. Yeah, it's going to get weird. Go to go it's, weird. It's getting super weird. Dave Brayman, Steve and Becky Peterson, Sawyer Llewellyn, Kim Jackson. How is everybody doing? So Where's good to be here. There it is. Hello, chat. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Woody from Seat Time is here. You guys all know him by now. If you don't, you should. Uh, and you should definitely check out his channel, Seat Time and Seat Time Clips, here on the YouTubes and on the Facebooks. Um, and we're so happy to have Woody back. It's the Woody and Morgan show. We're going to be doing this. We're going to try to do it, I think, second Thursday of every month. We'll try to shoot for that. Does that work for you? Yeah. For right now. For right okay. now. At least for now. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Until um, whenever we do this in a month from now and you're like, I don't know, life is absolutely crazy. Yeah. And your mom is here. Hello, yep. sweetheart. <laughs> yes. My mom. Everybody say hi to my mom, Suzanne Spradling. She's the best mom ever. Sorry, all you other moms, you guys. Suck. Oh, <laughs> I have to give a shout out to Nathan with Countershocks. Um, yeah. I he has tried <coughs> so hard to get me to put one of those on my Sherco, and I am failing him miserably. So it is not his fault. It is one hundred and ten percent my fault. It is still on the workbench, and I'm sorry. Yeah, how hard is it's easy, dude. It's it's listen. There are a lot of easy <laughs> things in my life that I screw up royally just because I don't put it on the list, and so they don't get done. It takes like five minutes. Both my kids have them on their bikes. I'm, I, I'm not telling you. Listen, I'm not perfect. Okay, so here we are. <laughs> no worries. Oh, Josiah, you're in Kellogg, Idaho. How deep is the snow in Kellogg, Idaho? Because Bro, that's where yes. I'm going next month, and I'm really hoping there's like it's okay to to ride um, for the Silver Kings. Um, counter shocks. It is a nice paperweight. It actually holds the weight no matter how crazy your desk gets. It'll hold that thing. <laughs> Dude, it is totally keeping it in check, man. That is great. It's like a shake weight. Whenever I feel like I need a little bit of a break, you know, during work, I'm like, man, too much mouse use on the right hand. So I switch it to the left. You know what I mean? But then it also does like as I jump around and get too active with work, it keeps everything very stable. Nice. <laughs> There's my dad. He's here too. Robbie Tiles coming in. Are you watching from your combine, Robbie? I would love to know if you are. Um, quick note: it is uh, it is cutting season. That's why Woody's not here in person because there's a chainsaw back on my bike, and uh, we've we've scared him away for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Um, that's that's you right there. We still yeah. haven't gotten a tattoo. I know. We got to make that happen. We need to come up here. I'll schedule an appointment because I need I I need to get the bagpiper tattooed on me. I promised myself I would do that a long time ago, and we should have an appointment where we get. I'll do that, and you'll get your Morgan was here Highland Cycle something. Like, can we get the bagpipe guy like yes! holding a chainsaw instead of a bagpipe? <laughs> yes, and, like he's like you know like whatever we do like there on my wrist. Yeah, or cutting a French flag. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Listen, uh, the sure can't did great in June. Okay, it did great last June. Yeah. It so was all the attempts after that, where it I, really started to show how phenomenal of a mechanic I have not been. <laughs> so here's why we're here today. First of all, we are trying to make this a normal thing here with Woody, um, but then also we want to talk about some racing and some things that Woody's been doing. He went to a national. Tell us all what's been going down. Dude, so 
it started with Sandwinder in February, which was great because it was the first like real moto trip that Liam and I got to go on together. Like he, we've been to like practices and stuff, but it was the first time leaving on a Friday night, not coming back till Sunday, which was phenomenal. And then two weekends in a row, this even more recently, I got to go to the National Enduro in Arkansas, which outside of Kingston, I thought I was riding in Sargent's with more trees because we were not above the tree line, right? Like it was right. that rocky, which is insane. No idea that they had that there. So the Black Buffalo National Enduro, phenomenal. If it's a national next year, go. If it's not, go to that event anyway. And then the following weekend, I did 101.1 mile Enduro where about 96 of those miles were legitimate single track. And the others was double track. So I'm in like, there was no roads, right? Like it was 101.1 miles. So it was the, the Cajun classic 100 mile enduro came back and I was dead, <coughs> dead, Morgan, dead. Like, you know that I like to talk a lot. Like, that's just the thing. And you and I are kind of like one and the same with that. Liam and I, after that, went to um, Cracker Barrel to eat. And I'm just sitting there. Like, I'm just, like, Liam legitimately goes, Dad, are you okay? You're not <laughs> saying anything. And I was like, oh, it says so much about who I am. <laughs> Even my son's like, something is wrong with my father. <laughs> yes. Oh, that is awesome. So, dude. It, yeah, it's been those those three events. Uh, but then having those two back to back, that National Enduro and then the Cajun Classic 100. I mean, that is truly what racing Enduro is all about. Like finding different events. You don't have to follow a series. Like there's just different challenges within all of it, right? The National Enduro um it's just like coming to totally new terrain you've got literal guys from i mean the 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 pros right the any pg1 guys or whatever i mean are twice as fast as i am which is right. awesome you know what i mean like that's that weird mentality to think about like you might be a little bit slower than double a guys locally but when you come to a national it is just crazy insane how fast those guys go and then you go to something like the cajun classic the weekend after that and it's all about attrition Right. The right. transfer sections sometimes were 13 miles long, you right. know, so you think about that. You're like, yeah, sure. The tests are where the event really comes down to the <clears> seconds. <throat> but what happens on the attrition, on the the mental and physical wear and tear that goes down when you're trying to cover over 100 miles, um, that adds up. And it's it's pretty freaking nuts, dude. Pretty. That's what nuts. I always loved about the Shady Burrow. Yeah. You know, especially the, the years that it has been 200 mile days in a row of just beat down, which is just not, and so cool to watch my kid do. I mean, that one transfer for the borough where it's just like, I don't know, it's like 20 miles or whatever. Yeah. goes out over those nasty mountains. It's like, dude, that's a legit ride. And if you like, <laughs> and that's, you're, you're not even scored or racing on that. You just got to get there. And then yep. you got to race your motorcycle once you're there and then you got to get back. I mean, it's, I, I wish there were more Enduros like that. That's a bummer about the way the world has gone, uh, yeah. with Enduros and racing. They, there's all the sprint and I got nothing against sprint Enduros. I have nothing against like all the other forms of racing. Like I, I think they're all rad, right? I mean, I think they're all really cool, but the true, like, I don't mean hard Enduro. Like I wish they had a better name. I for call it. I call it tough Enduros because that's, like enduros used to be tough it used to be about the endurance that happened you know what i mean right it, 
it's just not that anymore. Once the NEPG group took over, well, the National Door Promoters Group, once they took over in 07 and started putting on these restarts, I get it. Like timekeeping is hard. And it, we were losing a lot of people to the sport because of that. It was a huge block um, to that. But the technical aspect now has also gone away because what that did is brought in all the GNCC racers. So now you've got GNCC and they don't want technical, technical trail. They just don't. Like even um, yeah. Alan, uh, the guy at Enduro Engineering that's run this thing for so long, has multiple times shut down clubs that have tried to put long, like extra long tests, extra long <coughs> technical trails. And half the time he says they don't want to ride that. And I'm like, well, why are we catering to them? Right. And it's, I guess it's because they're the ones that show up and pay the bills. I, I'm not, it's not my business to run, but dude, I loved what they did in Arkansas because they had an A only section. That was an A only section. The first like two miles legitimately the second you lost your momentum, it was that it, it, you had to treat it like you were in a hard enduro where you're like, okay, I need to take a breath. I need to get my weight back. I need to make sure that my ass is, is over the rear wheel. I've got my feet on the pegs so that when I press in, I'm creating as much traction as I can, clutch throttle, boom, I've got the bike moving. And now you're like dog paddling, right? To get up to a speed that makes sense to put your feet on the pegs again. And so many people were complaining. And by the end of it, I was like this. We need more of this yeah. because it was amazing. It was true, technical, nasty, tough enduro terrain. Dude, I, I love it. I think, yeah, we need way more of that. Uh, uh, Jimmy Nyhart, this is ECEA, still rolls that way. Three, They cover three states, New York, PA, and New Jersey. Come get you some. And most are timekeeping. The one thing I would have a really hard time is timekeeping because <laughs> I have done very little of that and I no longer have an ice co computer dude um, i found so i brought because with the cajun classic 100 when they did that like they put out a real route chart and i was like right. oh my god i haven't seen like like yeah. a traditional one not like the stuff that happens at the national Enduros, but like a legit route yeah. sheet so i broke out my old route sheet holder that yes. i still had in the garage but while looking for it i found three different icos <laughs> <laughs> I was like, none of them had batteries or I would have tried to like figure out if I could resurrect one for the race just because not that I would have needed it, but it just would have been fun to kind of like relive that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like Dave Brayman's like extra medium enduro. I think I'm going to make a shirt because we at my house, my, my new little farm, my tiny little place, uh, Ruth has been wearing a shirt. This is light to moderate ranching. I think I'm going to make a light to moderate enduro shirt. Like that. today, it's going to happen right like later because like hard enduro is cool and I'm going to go try it and all that good stuff, but we need a return to the suffer fest that was enduro, right? Like just like it, I mean, like you said, the name is enduro from endurance instead of this, like, cause sprint enduro kind of is an oxymoron because like, it juxtaposition of names sprint enduro doesn't, I mean, anyway, so I would like. Uh, yeah, I would love to see more of that. The Shady was awesome. San Isabel is short, but it is brutally hard, um, which is what I like. Uh, they, yeah. and it's only short because of how brutally hard it is. Uh, Judd last year or two years ago when the last time they had it, I, uh, I asked him about the mileage. I think it was like the A only 
uh, was like 67 miles. I'm like, oh, okay, 67, that's not too bad. And he just looked at me, he's like, it's plenty. <laughs> and it, it's enough. <laughs> and, it was, and I was like, it totally was. And uh, back when they put on Enduros out at Dry Creek, uh, Greg Huffer, the A only stuff was like 60 miles and the, the BC was like 40 something. And people complained and complained and complained. This is back in the 90s, right? Back when they still had hard, hard you know what I mean? Light to moderate Enduros. Um, they, uh, and people are like, oh, it's not enough miles, not enough miles. He's like, listen, if at the end of this race, you feel like you want more, I will give you your money back. I'm like, oh yeah. And he's like, I didn't give anyone's money back. Yeah. <laughs> cause that's it was... what I've heard about. That's why I'm excited. Even though we don't have the burrow this year, cause I've done it the past two years, loved getting my ass handed to me. I've learned so much about myself, my bike riding, like all that kinds of stuff in those environments, right? That attrition just mentally teaches you so much. Um, and so I was disappointed, but I'm glad to see that that San Isabel, is on that weekend so that those that have typically tried to plan things around that first weekend in August can kind of still do that. Yeah. Um, and so go to the San Isabel and I think it's about an hour, maybe even more than that closer to me. Um, e so that'll be cool too. Yeah. Yeah. It is closer. Cause it's on the, it's in that Sanger de Cristo mountain range, which is to the East of here. Uh, and it's by the way, people, if you have ever considered um, going to an enduro in Colorado, I mean, the Shady was amazing. It was two days and all that. It's not on this year. Uh, San Isabel is breathtaking. I mean, you're camping at 11,000 feet. It's the most beautiful place on earth. The trails are ridiculous. The A-only stuff is really hard. Like, really. It's not hard enduro hard, but it's freaking hard. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously the environment the the feeling everything is really cool and judd barlow is probably one of the greatest humans on earth um and uh just does a great job and uh scott phillips i have to quick uh note what he said he's like you guys are like the two old guys in the balcony at the muppet show dude that makes i don't know if i've ever received a compliment i appreciate more than that <laughs> no the, oh oh that was a compliment yeah. Got it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That was a compliment. Yeah. If not, that's how we're going to take it. Yeah. No, I'm, t dude, are you kidding me? I wanted to be those guys when I was like six. I wanted to be those I've been old waiting guys. my whole life to be a crotchety old man. You're welcome, yes. Internet. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Internet, for allowing me to. You know what's funny about crotchety old man? Dude, legitimately, Brian Story at Adventure Moto asked me, he goes, Well, how old are you now? And I was like, I think I turned 43 this summer, so I'm 42. And like, as I say those, I was like, wait, no, I think I'm 43 now, and I think I turned 44 this summer. I legitimately had to do the math. I had to go, I was born in 79. <laughs> Shit, I'm 43 now, and I turned 44 this summer. I'm like, I'm there. Like, I'm literally at that point in my life where I just don't even know what age I am anymore. And it's like, okay, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting that I'm getting really close to 50. Uh, cause people are like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, we're racing the 40 plus class and all this stuff. And, and then some guy tells me he just got into it and I'm like, you look like a child. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. I'm almost in the 50 class. <laughs> it's like, bring it though. I love it. <laughs> Hell yeah. And look, we got, I love it. Yeah. Scott Phillips in there. I'm 56 and still ride. That's oh, what's yeah. so cool. So Scott Phillips at 56 during the Cajun classic, here's the thing, a hundred mile enduro, you're kind of like, people are going to think about taking it easy in the test if you thought that you would be wrong because there was i had 
a double A guy, I had an A light guy, and I had a 45 A guy on my row. The 45 A guy turns out Jerry Robin, um, no, Jerry Gibson was 55 years old. Nice. This old man, this young man, young at heart man, could haul the mail. Like, that is who I did my best to stick with in each test. I, two of the tests I finished on his rear wheel, felt super proud of that, but it blew me away. And I was like, dude, if at 55, I've gotten faster and can do that, like, again, I just said I'm about to be 44, so 11 years from now, like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. I'm winning at life. Like, it blew me away. And um, it, it just brings a whole nother perspective about how just badass some dudes can be. And that's not about age, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. guy rides. He has a mindset that it's like, twist the damn thing. And it's like I, it. I, it took so much for me to like to to latch onto that rear wheel. But man, it was fun. Like I mean, the balance between scared shitless and like feeling like I was in a flow state. It was just like every part of the spectrum. I mean, there were times that it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't know if I was gonna stay upright, and sometimes I didn't. But it was okay. It was good. I think uh, Jimmy puts it was well, a true enduro will bring your mind through every emotion, joy. Pain, anger, fear, et cetera, et cetera. Once you hope for death, then it's over and repeat the following weekend. Yeah. And I, I love that. And like you said, I love that being on the edge and obviously the really good guys push their edge to a point that we can't even understand. And then they're able to bring it back and stay just below that edge. And that's how they stay healthy, right? And just fly to a point like you just hard to even get your head around it right you're just like what um but like as you said there's still time right <laughs> there's still time to get that good rick emerson is a perfect example of yes, yes. a guy who's stupid fast and stupid old uh you know kim jackson how old are you kim 62 and still hauling the mail um and i i remember when i was in mexico the last time for the thousand there was uh, a guy racing on a team and his team was made up of everybody on the team was over 70 and there was one dude over 80 and they were racing the thousand and absolutely crushing it. Like I was, it was the coolest thing ever. So like, I think that as you get better and you develop your skills, you can use less energy because the reality is as we get older, we're going to lose strength. And I mean, you can stay fit and all that, but you're just not ever going to be as strong as you were when you were 26. But you can be more efficient than you were at 26 and use less energy, um, you know, and eat right, do all the right things that you didn't do when you're 26 <laughs> and have a way better, um, you know, you can get faster and faster and faster. I see, you know, um, George Pennington is one of my heroes here. He's in his 50s and just absolutely crushes. Um, Roger yeah. Hurd's like the over 40 class is harder than the over 30 class. I agree. Yeah, no, that's exactly what's crazy is like at the national enduro, I had two 30 a guys on my row and I told him, I was like, Hey, why don't you guys go in first into the first test and, and we'll kind of like, just figure it out, you know? And if I need to go by, I will, um, whatever, whatever is no. And they were like, why don't you go? And I was like, are you, are you sure? Like, okay. And they're like, and in the first test, um, like I was faster than them. We kind of like, you know, moved back and forth in the second test the 30a guy one of the 30a guys was a little bit faster than me by the third test like i just had a pace 
I was picking up speed the whole time. So like they weren't there again, but it's just crazy that they're so right. And if you go look at the times, dude, the 40, the 45, the 50 plus a guys are in, you know, the top hundred higher up than the majority of the 30 a guys. Like, right. And it's bad ass. And so like, you're talking about these 80 rolls and stuff like that. Like what I want to be able to do is I was like, okay, so my mindset is I just want to be in a place of continuously um consistently moving up in the world and that's just a little bit of working out that's just a little bit of diet that's just a little bit of keep riding and by the time i'm 80 right that's 40 more years of riding dirt bikes yeah and you know what i mean like and if i just do a little bit every day to kind of think about that long-term goal of still being able to ride dirt bikes 40 more years from now again Shit could happen. I could run over by a car. I could break my leg. Like, but whatever. That's not in my control. But guy man, hits I, you with a chainsaw. That's so awesome. Guy hits me with a chainsaw and actually catches an artery <laughs> instead of just a superficial flesh wound. <laughs> the uh, uh, yeah, go ride the fifty plus expert class. The world vet. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's just it. Like sports, endurance sports, which I would say that most motorcycle events even i mean even a 15 minute supercross main is an endurance sport because if you've ever tried to turn laps on a track at a real pace for 15 minutes it's it's dumb how hard that is (laughs) but yeah any sport where it takes endurance and it takes a, a mindset more like as much as it takes physical ability and talent is you just watch especially now i mean the people in the world are just are figuring this out. Like if you go back in time, people kind of gave up, you know, when they got older uh, in some sports, not at, you know, obviously not everything. And like ranchers never gave up. <laughs> it just got nastier and gnarlier as they went. But the, um, but like in sports now people are realizing like, well, wait, so if I take care of myself and I don't get hurt and I focus on like skills and drills and things like that, I can just keep getting better. And it's across the board, right? I mean, I mean, I now not everybody loves Tom Brady, but look at Tom Brady. I mean, no one has been that old winning Super Bowls as a quarterback until now. Yep. Like, it's crazy. Um, so yep. yeah, it's, and so Garrett, yes, you have, have to get like, fast. Yes, Garrett. Sorry. Good luck. It's going to be hell. But it, it, as we age, right, our ability to um, push it at a level of intensity, like metabolically, like does decline. But the one way that we can fight against that is actually gaining muscle. So we can actually still continuously gain muscle, even though that ability does decline. But if you think about it, there's so much more that needs to happen to keep you with muscle than it does to keep you skinny. So if you can keep yourself strong as you get into age, you can kind of decline gracefully. Now, granted, yes, 20 years ago was the best time to plant a tree to be enjoy its shade right now. But the next best time is today. So it's like, we're like, but I haven't done any muscles building strength stuff. Well, then start today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's okay. Um, and that's, again, that's kind of like where my head is at. It's just, I want to keep trying while I have the capacity to get stronger, to build muscle in my 40s and my 50s, that when I hit my 60s and like, it's just, it's just that much harder and I'm starting in that decline that it's like, okay, I have capacity built up from 20 more years of, of you know, growing lean muscle mass. That it's okay that I then decline for the next twenty into my eighties. Yeah, but yeah. I could get cut by a chainsaw and die. Yeah, he could come ride with a friend and get cut by a chainsaw. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, and Robbie, I think all the Colorado guys going to ISD are over 50, which is rad. Yeah. Um, so freaking cool. Jeremy Schoening, Rick Emerson. Who else is going? I forget. Um, but yeah. Um, and then uh, Kim Jackson mentioned it, and Jimmy sort of like, you know, injuries take longer, but muscle is like armor too, right? Being fit keeps you from getting hurt as bad when you crash. Like if you're fit and flexible and strong when you, that's why kids, you know, like one of the reasons kids don't get hurt is because they're flexible, right? And they're strong and they jump up like my kid in that last video, who's like throwing his bike off this trail because he wants to try hard rocky stuff. I'm like, oh boy, it's just, all that means is it's going to cost me a bunch of money. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, they don't jump right back up. And, you know, if, if we can do the same thing if we just stay fit. I mean, obviously, if you break a bone or whatever, that's the one thing. But if you stay strong and stay flexible, you're way less likely to get hurt in a crash. Yeah. The, uh, um, I do have to. So, RJ, uh, try having something with no cure because it makes it a lot harder. It does. Um, I actually got diagnosed quite a few years ago with psoriatic arthritis. So an autoimmune disease, right? And there's, there's no cure for an autoimmune disease. They still haven't really like figured out like, why does your body start attacking itself? So when you're in that situation, it's like, what is actually in my control that I can do? And that's where you kind of have to shift your mind and the way that you think about life. Because if you just think about the fact that you have this debilitating whatever that's going to hold you back. It's like, well, of course, that's just how you're going to live your life. But if you start to shift and go, okay, I can't control that I have X. I've got cancer, and autoimmune, whatever that thing is. But what are the ways that I can help my body while I have this? Or what are the ways that things that I can work on? Like, that's the way that we can come out actually stronger on the other side of this. And I mean that physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of those things, because it's what is in your control and what can you do with those things. Right. Which is what Roger has uh, Parkinson's and I've watched it from his early diagnosis. Cause it's when I met him through till now. And it's actually been really cool. It's like, I, and Roger, Roger op talks openly. I mean, this is not a surprise. Uh, it was like, sad and then encouraging then sad and now super encouraging because um when i first met him he was racing the thousand with me and i'm like what is this guy doing crazy i mean he's That's like awesome. limping around through uh, uh um ensenada <clears throat> and um was just like i'm like who what do we do <laughs> is this guy gonna race a motorcycle and he flew right uh and and we had a blast and became friends and then I went down and saw him in Arizona to pick up Thomas's 144, and he was in really rough shape. He was having a hard time walking, hard time talking, hard time really doing anything. Uh, he still went and rode with us, which is awesome. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, how on earth can he ride a motorcycle? Um, but it shows you what muscle memory and like just that in ingrained. Right. He's been riding since he was four or five. So uh, – and so that was, it was, you know, it was like really sad, right? I was like, God, oh, man, it's so sad to see my friend declining so quickly. Uh, and then he got another doctor and he, he already had this deep brain implant thing in his head um, to stimulate electrically. Anyway, got another doctor who remapped it <laughs> and then. It's like an EFI. Like <laughs> it is totally EFI. Ask him, like, he'll, he'll, he'll chime in here in a second. So. He's like, yeah, they're messing with my mapping in my head and <laughs> ignition timing. And um, so they found another doctor who messed with the ignition timing and messed with his drugs. And, dude, he is 
so much better now. Like the last time he came through the town, I'm like, holy crap, dude, you look so good. And it was just awesome. awesome. So, and he's, like I said, he's taking into control what he has control over and doing what he can. And then riding, they rode 57 miles last night. Roger, that's awesome. Um, the, uh, yeah, it's so good. Um, but let's see. You know what's crazy? I was actually, so I used to have seizures. I started having seizures when I was about 16 years old. We think it was from a, a motorcycle injury to my head. And um, I, it was so bad. It was getting to a point where I was going to have an implant like that, but they were going to put it somewhere here where the brachial plexus comes down and all of the uh, nerves, right, come out of your spine or come out of your head through your spine. And it was the same thing. It's essentially a fuse box. So like if my brain seized, right, and, and then sent all of those signals that are essentially like, Aah! like to the body, it would, you know, it would kind of try to grab them and dissipate. And so that the, I would shut down, but I wouldn't shut down and seize and stuff like that. What's batshit crazy is literally like, we're talking about this and like how bad everything is. And then they just stopped. And it's like, it, it's amazingly interesting how phenomenal the human body is. And I don't have to see a neurologist anymore. I am still talked about in his classes. I'm in some of his books that he's written because I'm that 0.01% that starts having seizures as an adult, but stops as an adult. Like that doesn't happen. But the thing is, is they've told me, they're like, at any point in time, you could hit your head again and you could have seizures. But I don't, I think it's what's awesome and why I bring it up is because he's not living in fear of what this could mean. And I feel like for a long time, that was where I was at too, but I wasn't smart enough or playing with the mental strength stuff enough to realize that that's what I was doing. And I was always just kind of like, you know what, screw it. I don't want this to hold me back. I want to enjoy my life. And if I'm out riding and have a seizure and things don't go very well, like, cool, like that's a decision that I made. And I think that there's a fine line in that because, yeah, we don't want people to think that we're out there trying to kill ourselves. But, man, the human body is just intricately awesome. And it's so cool to see that, like, sometimes it's going to heal itself. And then sometimes it's going on this weird debilitating path where it's just going to continue to degrade from a physical standpoint, but obviously his mental strength is there in a way that he's not letting himself, he's not holding himself back with that. And right. I think that's freaking awesome. Yeah. It's all about decisions, right? I mean, you make decisions every day, whether or not you're going to let something control you or control, or you're going to do what you can to control it and fight against it. And it's, and it has, you know, it, like, cause people, I mean, this has turned into an interesting talk now, but like the, <laughs> like, it's amazing how this world has let themselves become victims, right? Like they've let the whole planet has become a victim to something else. The reality is that every human on this planet has things that are terrible, right? We all have things that are horrible in our lives. Some look different than others. It doesn't, whatever. It's how you decide you're going to handle that. That makes the difference, right? Like, cause people who are born disadvantaged or without privilege have become some of the greatest, most successful people on earth with, you know, it's just because they decided they wanted to do it. They're just going to do it because the human is an amazing machine. Quick plug for Jesus. Uh, you know, he built us <laughs> wonderfully and intricately and, uh, he's on our side. And so, it's incredible what you can do if you just decide to do it. And Roger's been yeah. one of my inspirations my whole life, so it's pretty cool. Um, I love it. I'm going to take a quick off of that before we talk about the 24 XE going to Spring Forks. 
what a lot of people don't realize is that they're not even making decisions. And by right. not making a decision, you're still making a decision, right? right? And so it's a level of awareness, right? That we need to bring to our life. And it's kind of like, okay, like why, I hate to say it, but like we have an obesity epidemic. We have an opioid epidemic, right? We have many epidemics across this country. And a lot of those are stimulated by a lack of ability to even be aware enough to make a decision on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I just think it's so interesting. And yeah, we could obviously take this many different ways, but learning to be adaptable, right? Like learning to be aware enough to realize when you need to pivot and then being flexible and adaptable enough to be able to make the pivot, right? I mean, just think about how many times that happens on the trail and why that's taught us so much in life. The second we see a line, but all of a sudden the guy in front of us stops and we have to pivot and realize, nope, I got to go left or I'm going to sit here and wait. Where am I in life or where am I in this race? And that is part of what we get taught all the time in racing or in riding dirt bikes. But we need to continue to think about that in the same way that we do in life is that awareness to realize when decisions need to be made and then to be adaptable enough to pivot when we need to pivot. And then again, you might make the wrong decision, but you know what? Be aware enough to realize it, take a step back and then just keep going. Cause right. do you really just want to sit on the couch and be safe? I don't know, but I don't. So yeah. One of the best pieces of advice from my dad's still watching. Uh, when I was growing up, I was a teenager looking at colleges and trying to decide what I want to do with my life. He, my dad's a very successful individual. People wonder where I came from. Uh, <laughs> Because both my parents are really awesome. And then there's me. Uh, but he looked at me because I was like, I'm trying to decide what I want to do. Do I want to be a lawyer, doctor, blah, blah, blah. He's like, listen, make a decision and go towards it. Always be moving towards something. Even if it's the wrong something, you're moving. And then you, if you okay, that's not good. Changing, move toward, never, ever stop moving. Like, never. Because if you do, that's when you fall behind in life and everything and things start to suck. And it's like, just always be moving. So when you make a you know mistake, which we all make lots of, burnt, oh crap, pivot and turn. And you know, that's one thing I love about my boys writing and every, you know, all my friends writing is that they're growing up A, to be tougher than most these days. And then B, they have to figure things out. I send my kids out at night with lights into the desert to ride dirt bikes with no phone, no e-device, no nothing, right? And people are like, what do you do? I'm like, they'll figure it out. They'll, yeah. like, if something goes wrong, they will, and sure enough, it did. XR650 front sprocket came off. I don't work on that bike nearly enough. <laughs> the bolts hey, broke. Hey, you've been you've been talking to me too long with that maintenance I, schedule you got going on. I know. The bolts broke on the front sprocket, right? Uh, and that whole, it's a long story. Anyway, they broke, came off. Um, there they are. It was Thomas and his friend and they're on a borrowed bikes, like my bike and my other bike. They were on that at night, 10 o'clock at night out in the Adobe's. There they are. They had packs on. They're like, Oh, let's see what we got. They had lights. Obviously they dig through, they find a toe strap. They've never used one themselves. They've got, okay. They heard me talk about it. They figured, and they drug his bat back, man. And they figured it out. I was so proud. I'm like, yes, thank you for thank you for not being like paralyzed with fear and just sitting there. Like, uh, and I think that's yeah, it's a great. That's what we all need to do, right? Um, but let's do talk a little bit about dirt bikes 
uh, from Tony <laughs> Borden. I know. Uh, Tony uh, was asking, what do you think about the 24XE going to Spring Forks? I think it's brilliant. Uh, they've been needing to do that for a long time. Obviously, I like the Spring Forks uh, now on my bike. I think it was a good decision. I'm interested to see what the W is going to get for 24, if they're going to have the Explorers still or if they're going to do some other new thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's like my Scott, thought. I like Scott's comment, but in the long run, like say KTM did do that and they were like, hey, they're selling a lot of spring kits. I think that they're going to be like, okay, let's keep making Air Force because if people keep buying the spring kits, like we are now making aftermarket money, which has more markup than the bike when it comes stock because it's air, there's no springs in it. So we're actually paying less for those. And then we get more markup on the spring kit. But yeah, I think it's just, they keep doing this because they're working on the technology every couple of years they're going to change it up because now it's it's almost become the bold new graphics you right. know what i mean like it's like oh we changed it so it's that that person that's held on to a bike for whatever and maybe gone through a little bit of this and that with air forks and they've heard their friend talk about it and how much they suck and they're like i don't know i like it kind of but like maybe oh spring shit it is time to buy a new bike because now they have spring and then it's the other way yeah. around three or four years later i mean that's what it feels like i am obviously not in your position I'm just a writer, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I agree. I mean, obviously again, I'm not in the corporate offices making, you know, financial decisions, uh, uh, based on how you sell motorcycles. But I, I think, I think they knew that the air forks weren't the greatest setup for a long time, but they had to run them out, right? Like they had, they built thousands. We made a lot of these. (laughs) And so, uh, and it's like you said, it's another way to sell bikes. Uh, it's another way to get people fired up, and it will. And also, it's another way to get people to pay full boat again. Like, so they, you know, they've been blowing out KTM Huskies and gas gases recently with all these rebates. It's the first time KTM's ever done that. Um, and they, they've been just blowing, blowing, blowing because people they've built a lot of bikes after COVID and they've kind of yeah. rebounded from that. They built a ton of bikes. They got all these bikes, right? And now they got to get rid of them. And the 24s are coming. They're like, God, we got to figure out how, you know, we got to get rid of these bikes. So we'll discount those. We got to figure out how we're going to get people to pay full boat again. So we're going to make it brand new uh, by putting mm-hmm. the spring forks and all that stuff. So it's, I, you know, it's all a game. It's a money game at some point for these guys, um, which makes me think about that little guy right there. Because people are talking about beta, I the am beta? going the beta. <laughs> um, I'm going to be riding that little bike quite a bit here very soon, and um, doing some testing and review. It's a 2023 300RR race that our friend Lane Smith has given me—not given me, but loaned me uh, while he's out of town uh, to go test on. It's bone stock. I mean, stock tires, stock air, and you know, tubes like stock. Um, and so uh, I'm going to go beat on that thing and get back to you guys. Cause people are asking if beta has talked to me. Um, no, well, sort of, um, I have emailed them. We're talking about, I shot a video about the whole motor swap thing. And Woody, if you yeah. haven't been paying attention, like the, we got the motor done beta sent me, there's a box right here with the old motor. Um, yeah, I saw you post me, that I think on Instagram or something. Yeah. They sent me a whole motor, fresh, brand new built in the factory motor to swap and they paid me as an independent shop. So I'm talking to them about some stuff. There's some people that want to be a dealer. Maybe I don't want to be a dealer. 
I don't have the room. I don't have the money. I don't have all the things that require being a dealer. I also like having the ability to say what I want to say about things, uh, not have anyone breathing down my neck, but I'm would really like to maybe be the service center for this dealer. Um, whatever. And then I'd like to talk to beta about maybe a bike, uh, to test and, and beat on and they get it back, you know, it's all over, but, um, actually give me one to really beat on. And as a guy, as a YouTuber who actually has a shop and actually races and actually rides instead of just creating videos and giving bikes away, um, I want to beat on one for a hundred hours and see how it holds up. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll talk to him. Yeah, that'll be fun, man. That's cool. I, uh, I have to drop cause I got to get it to my meeting. I'm already 10 okay. minutes late, but we were just having such a great conversation. I just, again, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been, I, I love this. Like, I, I wish we could do this more. I know that like you and I limited to what it is, but again, what's in our control. And right now this is what we can make work. That's right. We're going to make it work. So thank you for everybody that's come over and checked out the seed time stuff. I do want to say if any of this resonated and you want to know a little bit more about that black Buffalo national enduro I did in Arkansas, there's a video on the seat time channel. And then if you want to know more about the Cajun classic 100, there's an article on the seat time website, a hundred plus miles. I did not want to wear a GoPro, right? Like the whole time for that, just weighing on my helmet and stuff since I knew it was going to be so much single track. So Thanks for the conversations. I like that we went a little bit deeper and into different places than we normally go. So yeah. I appreciate that, Morgan. Thank you very much for allowing me to to have some of those conversations. And thanks. Heck yeah, for- man. Thank you. And guys, stick around. We're going to keep going here because I got time. Woody, thank you so much. Uh, we will get together soon. Someone's asking if you're going to come up to the Pacific Northwest ride. I'm going to work on trying to get Woody and Brady Metter to come. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Okay. There's we'll that grip bikes. motorsports guy with rentable bikes. Maybe that'll work and I'll fly up or something. Well, I'll bring a bike for you. So there we go. All right. One of those beta. A beta. A beta. <laughs> right on. Woody, peace out. All right, guys. What is happening? It's good to see you. Um, I hope you guys like that. Woody is like seriously one of my good friends. Uh, beyond being another, you know, personality. I really love him and he's awesome. So um uh, lots of things going. Johnny uh, Bruce Kennedy said Johnny Walker beats on betas and they do hold up. Uh, Johnny or uh, Bruce, uh, careful <laughs> what you say. Uh, I met Johnny. I was in his pits in uh, the um, at uh, Enduro Cross. Um, friends, anyway, whatever. Um, the uh, they don't hold up as good as you think. He's a factory rider. They replace lots of stuff. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that it's not exactly what you see when you look at a, um, a, uh, a pro rider like that. It's not, it's not exactly what you see. <laughs> um, what's Woody's channel? Eastwood. It's uh seat time. Just look it up like this on YouTube. Um, and he's got seat time and seat time clips. Seat time clips is a bunch of shorts and his older stuff. Uh, his new stuff is, um, like his current, what he's doing is just seat time, but check him out. Subscribe. His stuff is really, really good. It's very, very different from our channel here. And it's really good. I like it a lot. Um, he gets deep into lots of things, nutrition, and he's got the line with all these pros. He talks to them all the time. He talked to, you know, Ryan Sipes and Andrew Short and, um, uh, Zach Osborne. And anyway, so it's really cool. Um, 
they're going to look pretty when they race. Yeah. So, yeah, the thing about factory riders is that obviously they're going to be taken care of. They're going to replace anything that gets broken or is like a little bit weird. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not saying betas are bad. I'm actually really excited to uh, – oh, there we go ride this one and beat on it i would love for beta to work with me on a bike um and actually really get to hammer hammer on one i'm not gonna it's lane's bike i can't afford to really ruin that thing um oh good scott phelps i put anyway whatever <laughs> i do it all the time and my mom listen to my mother she says remind remember to give a thumbs up if you have not yet given us a thumbs up you need to back out of the chat thumbs up and then come back into the chat um yeah, Garrett Anderson, I've been watching Woody since the old seat time. So have I. Actually, Woody borrowed a clip of me going over the bars for his old seat time channel way, way, way back um, before I even knew him. It was awesome. Um, and Bruce Kennedy, Johnny Walker's beta is very well modded. And I can, I can say that in the Enduro Cross season, I think he went through five frames. So there you go. <laughs> um it's a thing <laughs> and maybe not, maybe not just the enduro cross season. Maybe that was longer than that, but he went through multiple frames. Uh, so, I mean, there's no way I'm going to beat on a bike like that, but it's a, it can be a deal. I remember Max Gerson was, he was on betas. He was going through frames also. So hopefully they're sorting that out. Also, um, I mean, again, a normal human just doesn't beat on things. Uh, oh, guy, quick, uh, taking care of, uh, <clears throat> um, just shop stuff. Well, not shops. Well, anyway, Thursday night ride tonight is still planned. It is, um, raining. I think maybe even right now, uh, it's supposed to rain through the first part of the day and then clear up. So it's probably going to be the best day ever to ride dirt bikes this afternoon. We're going out to Peach Valley, meeting there at 530. Uh, going to go do some hill climbs. Weldon Medina is coming. I'm going to bring the game changer out. I was going to bring the beta, but uh, Weldon really wants to do um, the uh, um, some of the hill climbs and stuff like that, which if it's raining and it clears up, it's going to be a perfect time to go hill climbing. So, um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Rich, do you mean subframes or both? Uh, I th actually, I don't think I mean subframes at all. It's frames. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Scott Phillips, 100% in his beta test. Beta is supposed to be fun, fun, fun. Um, yeah, Scott, they are fun. I've ridden a few. Uh, I've actually gotten to ride a couple factory built ones because Morgan Tanky lives here in town and I was able to ride her bike after it had been sprung and set up for her husband. Who's closer to my, he's actually heavier than I am. And, uh, that bike was amazing. So, um, very, very good bike. And, uh, it was a lot of fun to ride. Um, thanks Dub, uh, Doug W. Uh, I've seen some of the beta frames under the engine crush. So yes, they may need to increase the tube all thickness in that area. Yeah. And I think they, they flex and do weird stuff. Um, so, uh, Dave Brayman ideas for headlight taillight kit on a YZ look, man, there's not a ton out there. I, someone makes an aftermarket stator. I can't remember. Um, you're going to have to Google that or I can look it up later and we can email back and forth. Dave. Uh, wreck my dirt bike that I just finished building. It took me a year. Oh no, dang! Sorry, Eastwood. That sucks. It happens though. Um, can you spring and revalve sixty five hundred for? Heck yeah, Cameron. Yeah, uh, yeah. We can make sixty five hundreds work for a big guy for sure. 
Uh, they actually, uh, yeah, I think they're better at handling uh, a heavier rider than Air Forks. I mean, again, we've been down the Air Forks thing before. I don't hate the Air Forks anymore. I actually think they're pretty freaking sweet. Um, but the I, nowadays, the problem is as you get heavier and you have to put more air in them to compensate for your weight, that the stiction, which is the one thing that kind of isn't awesome about them, increases and therefore you get a, a more harsh feel. So it's not, I don't know. I, yeah, I, air forks are really good for lighter guys. Normal, you know, me, I mean, even me, I'm 185, 190 pounds and I, I liked them uh, just fine. You start getting up over 200 pounds. I feel like you have to put so much air in them that it makes the fork, no matter what you do to the valving, it makes the fork not work like it should. So 6,500 is definitely the way to go. Um, it's very expensive, but it's so good. Uh, for lighting, hanging better is the most common approach. Yeah, Scott, that absolutely. Um, uh, Steve and Becky Peterson, what's the most cost-effective solution for improved the WV Explorer fork? Talk to me or any TVT person. Our valving solution, I really like. It's what's on my XCW. It's what we do on everybody's stuff. Uh, we don't do the full open chamber conversion. Well, we do. If you want to spend the money... Absolutely, 100%. We can do the full open chamber, but it does cost more money. I have been beyond happy with our Explorer setup. Which what we do is we add adjustable base valves and valve those. Then we revalve the mid valve on the rebound side, but we leave the compression side the way it is. That saves you the money of having to buy another mid valve and all the other parts, spring perch and all that that make that work. So um, it ends up being way less money, somewhere in the five to $600 range for forks and it ends up being a very, very good setup. Um, oh, fake upper being JW is not a beta fracture rider. That's okay. I didn't, well, definitely. Yeah. Rider help. I mean, big time because when he was here racing enduro cross, it was all the factory stuff. I mean, I, I don't know what his contract says, but I, that makes sense. Um, it's going to be the deciding factor in the next bike. I haven't ridden 15 years, right? Cameron, uh, what was the plan for the two funky carbs that were sent you? Oh, uh, X-Team, Bruce Kennedy. I'm going to put them on my old bike eventually. Um, Robbie Charles, it's snowing like crazy. <laughs> oh, crazy. Sandy Smith, what can you do for KDX forks? Which forks? Um, what year bike, Sandy? Because they had two different sets of forks on those. Uh, main, they had multiple, more than two different if you go all the way back to the old air-cooled KDXs. But we can do a lot for them and make them good. Um, <laughs> Gray rides into how do I keep up with all the stuff that you do? I swear you're pumping out stuff like crazy. Um, I, um, I'm a high-energy individual who doesn't waste a lot of time. That's the only thing I can say. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I work a lot. Uh, it seems like I don't. I know that... If you watch my channel, it seems like I don't work very much and I'm always out writing or testing or reviewing. Uh, it's not the case. Um, I also have awesome help from Zach and Leandra. Um, they are they are the reason that I can do all that I do because if I didn't have them here, I'd have to be head down in the shop all the time. And without them, I would be... 
we'd still have a YouTube channel and we'd still be, you know, fun to watch and all that, but it would be a lot less and not nearly as much of the cool uh, testing and reviewing stuff. It'd be just more schlogs and things like that, which some people I think would like better, um, but I like doing both of them. Sandy Smith, 88 and 06. Hey, oof. Um, Sandy, email me at morgan at highland-cycles.com. I'm going to type it in here and we can talk. Um, and I am filled with coffee <laughs> and I'm filled with that new mushroom coffee stuff, dude. Rise, R-Y-Z-E. Uh, we're affiliate, don't like full transparency. If you use our link, I could make a little bit of money, but honestly, that stuff is awesome for later in the day. Like I love coffee all day long and into the evening, but the mushroom stuff is better later in the day. I don't get so hammered down by the, it, anyway, it works good. And Kim Jackson, hundred percent empowered by the Holy spirit. Uh, yeah, I got to give it up for, uh, to Jesus and God who are the same. And anyway, uh, for all the energy and the ability to get all this done. Uh, never get the late stroke compression out of air forks that you can get from spring force, uh, at the least valving both engines. Get, yeah. Um, I agree, Scott. The spring forks are just, uh, I don't know. They're just better. That's all there is to it. I, I like the air forks. I like how light they are. I really do like that. The front end is lighter, which is good in some things, not good in others, but I like it a lot. See, don't weigh very much with all my gear at 130 pounds. Um, yeah, Sandy, we can, um, we can figure it out get the right springs in there. Um, let's see, KX works lock rebound adjustment. Right, Scott Phillips. The other thing is you can get um, the KLX forks work good too. Uh, you can put the front end from KLX on there. It's pretty good. Um, Scotch Rager, 66, still riding the hard stuff. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, what other questions you guys have? We can run this out till 830. Uh, and then I've got things I got to do. Um, the, uh, uh, yeah, it sounds like I, I got a text mid show saying Leander's going to be late because she is not feeling very good. She's had a headache or something. So, uh, migraine was no good. Um, Robbie Childs, thank you so much. I'm glad you love your XCW. Yeah, we did the 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 Explore Fork stuff on his, and I think it's good. Um, oh, good. Kim Jackson, I'm glad you sold your build art. That's awesome. Uh, Mike Barnato, Yamaha, 100%. Uh, Garrett Anderson, yes. Zach Geiger, <laughs> right this time. <laughs> At least I think he did. It's sitting right there. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> it's, yeah, you can see it. There's Garrett. Oh, oh, ah, ah. There. There's Garrett's bike. You can even kind of see that the stickers are right. Um, uh, Two-Wheeled Adventures, that is going to be a separate video on the beta stuff. But, I mean, quick thing, the beta, the update on the the one with the motor, uh, the motor's in, done, they've paid, well, they've sent a check. I'm, I haven't received the money yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Um, and, uh, uh, but yeah, super stoked on beta. I'm really going to work hard on trying to get some sort of thing going with them. Uh, coming next weekend to ride. Dude, Trail Nerds, you're picking the one weekend I'm going racing. Unfortunately, I will be racing next weekend. If you can hang out till Monday, I could ride. Um, but yeah, I'm leaving Friday and racing Saturday, Sunday in Natarita. Dang it, that sucks. Um, Nate, uh, let's do hookup. It would be good. Uh, how was the Plateau Rich Pierce? Uh, we 
barely made it to what I would call the plateau <laughs> before the snow stopped us and the giant creek stopped us. Uh, so it's going to be, yeah, it, yeah, um, it's going to be a while. Let's have a weekend ride with all the people on the channel, Todd Montgomery. Uh, for sure, that's happening at the Gifford Pinchot Forest in Washington in July. Also, uh, I'll try to do uh, a ride on the weekend. Um, I'll announce it on the channel or something like that. I, To be totally honest, um, I like... Thursday nights are for anybody and everybody. Every now and then, a weekend is for anybody and everybody. A lot of weekends are for my family and very close friends. I just to be honest, like I, um, as you can imagine, as things get bigger and crazier with this channel, I, it's a lot of people in my life, and uh, my family comes first, and um, and my friends. So. Uh, that's not a cut, I, whatever. I just don't do a ton of big rides with people. So, um, Kim Jackson, have a good one. Tony Borian, what's the realistic lifespan and hours for a dirt bike? Likely at 400 hours a mine by the end of the year. Uh, Tony, that isn't, so my XCW, my 18 XCW has over 500 hours on it. Um, I've had to put a crank in it. Uh, I've replaced, you know, a lot of parts. I mean, all the, probably all the bearings, I'm sure. Anyway, it kind of depends on how much money you're willing to spend on the bike. Um, and if you're not a mechanic and you're having to pay someone, it, that really skews things, right? Like it kind of starts to, uh, you got to decide how much money you want to spend. Um, I like, uh, I don't know. I like new fresh bikes. So does everybody else. But at the same time, I'm in the business of fixing bikes and so I will keep a lot of bikes rolling. Um, but 400 hours is a lot, Tony. That's a lot. Um, most people don't hang on to bikes that long. And I forget what year is yours. Um, it's a newer one, obviously. I know that. Um, but so, yeah, a lot of people don't keep them that long. Or don't keep them much longer than that. A lot of people kind of draw the line at a crank. Uh, you know, when And 400 hours is getting near like the wear limit on a crankshaft on a dirt bike. So <laughs> Gary Anderson. Yeah. Fame problems. It is a thing. I never thought I would actually say, but it is, a, it is a thing. So, um, and it's not because I don't appreciate it. It's not because I don't love it because I do. Um, but I have to save time out for my family. Uh, if I don't, I get in a lot of trouble with my wife. So <laughs> she's, she's the most important part. It goes, Jesus, my wife, then my kids, and then the rest of you guys. I love you guys. But um, Phil Sheridan got over a thousand hours on your 06YZ250. That is phenomenal. So there is uh, 22. And dude, Tony, that's awesome, by the way, that you've got that many hours on a 22. I'm so proud of you for riding the crap out of that thing. Um, that's awesome. And you do ride the crap out of it, you ride so well. So. Uh, it was super fun riding with you and uh, Jeb the other weekend. Um, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, Tony, I would, if I were you, I mean, I think you like the W. Um, yours is a W. I know it's got lights on it. Anyway, I would seriously consider the new, the 24W as a replacement. You know, at the end of this year, maybe you could find a leftover towards the end of the year. I'm hoping they're going to have some leftover. Um this this time around, but um, 
the I like I don't know. It depends. Like Phil Sheridan obviously has um, you know, thousand hours and you can do that. It takes a lot of maintenance, right? Like it takes you gotta start replacing parts, you gotta start doing things, you gotta be really on it. Depends on your frame too. Like I steel frame like Yamaha's the aluminum frame allows you to replace lots of things like foot peg mounts. You can replace, um, it allows you to replace a lot of things like on KTM's foot peg mounts are part of the frame. You start to wear those out. Um, <laughs> Tony, actually Stevie, let Tony buy a new bike. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Uh, honestly, Tony, I would say I would, if 400 hours sell your trade in, whatever, buy a new bike, especially if you can afford it. Like, if you can swing it financially, it makes sense financially. You're not going to have to like get another mortgage on the house or skip dinner. Just get a new bike. Like life's too short to be screwing around <laughs> with old bikes. If you like new bikes, um, there you go. Scott Phillips at 400 hours. It's time to move on there. Now you have someone else to say it. Um, Scott Schwager, 400 out of EXC 400. Those things were also brutally strong. Um, Tyler Riggs, you bet, man. Absolutely, always. Um, uh, Bruce Kennedy, happy wife, happy life, 100%. And I know, Matt, I'm sorry. I was bummed out that you were coming this weekend. I was like, I didn't remember for sure when the race was, but it's it's one that I absolutely have to do because now my kid who won the overall C race is fired up about racing. <laughs> As you can imagine, he wants to go do some serious winning. Um, uh, 35 years, finally split the case. Dude, Sandy Smith, that's epic. You bought an 88 KDX 200 brand new. Dude, that is phenomenal. Uh, Tony, buy the new bike. But that's another thing about newer bikes are lighter. And so they everything about them is lighter. So honestly, they don't hold up as well as the old, like an 88 KDX 200. Sandy will probably be able to die with that motorcycle. It'll still be running. Um, it's they're so good, and it's just a phenomenal bike. And whatever, I have stories of my old buddy Fritz Cadillac when he was racing those in six days. All kinds of crazy things. Uh, Todd Montgomery, you bet. Uh, happy to do it. Um, and Todd, definitely stay tuned. Um, I'm trying to do these ride the world series of awesomenesses. Um, the we're only doing one this year. I tried to do three. That was way too much uh, a couple years ago. So it's going to be probably one a year and they're going to be all over the Brian Taylor squids unite. Um, the, uh, uh, we're going to try to do those. It's going to be around the country and all that stuff, but Todd, stay tuned. We will definitely do some stuff around here also. Um, but yeah. And the best way to see that is honestly Facebook guys. If you're watching this, you don't have a Facebook account. I'm sorry. Uh, but Facebook and Instagram are why I do more up-to-date notifications of things like events because YouTube is like this deal where we put the stuff out there and it's there forever. Um, and that's cool, but it's there forever. And so it gets weird if it's like announcing a ride because then, you know, two years from now, someone watches that and like, what? That didn't. Anyway, so that happens more on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Sandy Smith, that thing is rad. It's awesome. Um Congratulations, kid. Dominating the novice class. So much fun for me. Yeah, I know, Scott. He can't wait. Um, he he cannot wait to move up. Like, he wants to, I mean, he wants to win this thing, um, obviously, because it's his first win. I mean, he hasn't won a race, I think, since he was on his 85. Uh, so things have really changed. He's just clicked. 
Uh, it's super cool. Um, Psycho Farm, good to see you. And I, anyway, so he, I'm going to make him, he's going to stay in the C class for Weeby, but when, if we do some other races that are outside of the series, I'm going to move him to the B class so he gets a feeling for how fast those guys are. But looking at his times and everything like that, he should have done well in the B class too. Um, but again, it's a longer race, so that changes everything. But he's also 16. He's in pretty freaking good shape. <laughs> so he's going to be just fine. All right, guys, it's 8.30. I got a boogie. Thank you so much for sticking around, so many of you. I really appreciate it. It's been a great show. Um, give us a thumbs up if you enjoyed this time. Punk Rock Club, I love you guys the most. You know that. Uh, Tony Borian, buy the new bike. Uh, tell Stevie he can have a new bike too. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I love you guys so much. I hope you get out spread the gospel. Two wheels. Get more people on dirt bikes because dirt bikers are just better people than the rest of the people. I love you all so much. Have a rad day. Peace out.